Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 113. One, 213. One, 213. 213. 213 of Dude and a Monkey. Where has the time gone? My name is Ian Loring. As always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. And as more often than not over the last little <laughs> while, we're also joined by... Paul Meller, hello. So, this week, you're going to hear Noel do vocal hate as we talk about (laughs) Transformers The Last Night. The aspect ratio shifting Michael Bay fuck-a-fon, which is going to be quite the discussion. Uh, We'll also talk some what else we've been watching. I think Mark and I will probably do some Twin Peaks, which Noel doesn't have to, doesn't have to stay around for. So, um, cause he will not have a fucking clue. No. I barely <laughs> have a fucking clue. Um, <laughs> so God knows what Noel would think, but we'll, 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 we'll let him, we'll let him, uh, breeze by at that point. But yeah. Um, so let's, let's, let's start off then. So has anything, has anything happened in the movie world this week that we want to talk about? Obviously, it was a big week last week with Last Jedi stuff. Ron Howard confirmed. Um, yeah. Safe pair of hands. Um, I'm hoping he brings some of that visual invention from Inferno. We shall see. Um, but <laughs> anything, um, anything, anything beyond that this week? I don't think so, no. It's been a quiet week, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. There's been a bit of elaboration on that story, but it's not really that much. Is it? It's just kind of, um, you know, rumours about how, where it came from. And um, Engelbert Urbandink is the one who's kind of alerted Disney to problems with the shoe. And then there's Kathleen Kennedy was bringing in, you know, actor training because she wasn't happy with his before. It's just more, more upon more upon more upon more speculation, really, isn't it? So... That seems to have dominated. Um, one thing I will I will say, the accountant is getting a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, now I did you did you see the accountant, Mark? I, I didn't. Uh, you told me that it, that it was not worth rushing to watch. But if I got to it, it's not awful, but it's not good. I think with your exact words. Yeah, did you did you did you watch it at all, Noel? I didn't. It does seem like the type of thing that when I see it pop up, I'll watch. So yeah, I'll it's, definitely get to it. It's one hundred percent a Netflix or Amazon Prime yeah. watch. Um, yeah, I think I'd have watched it if it was a hundred. But I've already watched it if it was one hundred and eighteen minutes rather than one hundred and twenty-eight minutes, which I know is ten minutes. But still, anything where it goes as it says over two hours at the moment which makes me go. Not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I watched forty five minutes of it on on an exercise bike, and you know, like, so I think that's kind of the only way I kind of did watch it because it was like I'd watched the first half hour, and it was like, right, I've got to do some exercise. I'll I'll watch it on the exercise bike, and then I kind of polished it off. It's like one where if you're doing it in three forty or so minute chunks or something yeah. like that, then fine. Um, mm. it's just like I I don't know like. Sequels no one asked for was a bit of a trend. I think maybe um, I'm thinking like The Huntsman Winter's War. Um, it's becoming a bit of a trend because you've also got the Pitch Perfect Three movie that 
nobody really gives a fuck about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a few, like, horrible bosses too. Johnny yeah, English yeah. 3, is it? Yeah, Johnny <laughs> no, English 3 is coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like... How, I don't get how fight, like film studios are just like, I need some of that hot accountant money. I mean, yeah. it didn't even, it's not like it, it, it was like a sleeper hit or anything like that. It, it did all right. You know, it didn't, it didn't lose money. It made a bit of money, but it didn't make, it didn't, off a budget like 50 million, didn't make like 350, 400 million. What's the Ben Affleck situation with this? Is he coming back to this? He's back, and so's Gavin O'Connor. Like yeah. it's okay. it, it, it's properly like the, the the key creative folks are back. Um, so, what was Ben Affleck's involvement outside of that? He didn't do any writing or anything like that. He was just no. It, it was it was just, okay. it was a pay. It was essentially a paid gig. Because that's it. It's, you feel a little bit at the moment like Ben Affleck maybe needs to make some careful choices at the moment, and the accountant too doesn't feel that inspired. It's almost like you know. Justice League is coming up, so he needs to get his blockbuster game back on. Hopefully, that's going to set him on track with that. But after Live by Night, you almost feel like he should be doing something a bit more worthy. No, for sure. Just seems like an odd choice. Yeah, no, I mean, um, $44 million budget, it made $155 million worldwide. You know, it was was in the black. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of just feels like, thanks very much, guys, let's move on with our lives. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I don't want to say too much about the film because you guys, you guys haven't seen it, and there are there are some like, there are some twisty kind of things in there. And if if a particular character is also back, then I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more into it. Um, well, fuck it, John Bernthal. If he's back, then yeah. I'm I'm all over it. Um, I kind of would rather see him be the lead, frankly. But yeah, I don't know. It just it's. Film film financing is a weird thing, man. Like so, the weird pieces that came together in order to bring us the accountant too. Um, <laughs> but but then again, it's like it's a mid-budget original studio film getting a sequel. Mate, why am I decrying that? That kind of sounds like something that maybe we it would be well, yeah, nice I mean, if we had more of. I absolutely yeah, it's just going unexpected, I think, isn't it? That's that's the main thing. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. It's a strange one because it wasn't like it was critically acclaimed or anything like that. It just seems a little bit like there's nobody asking for it. Whereas I think with something like uh, the Jack Reacher one, a lot of people were asking for a Jack Reacher sequel. We we got one. It wasn't great, but a lot of people were asking for it. Whereas nobody's everyone's like, really the the accountant sequel. Okay. That that was a shitty fucking film. Was Jack Reacher never go back? Like, yeah, I'm I, 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 I might I, I, I might not heed its advice. And I might go back and give it a rewatch because, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first one. The second one was just a big old big old box of disappointment. Because mm, yeah. it was a twelve fucking hit. Well, yeah, that's right. The first one was a fifteen. Yeah. This was a fifteen. Yeah, it should have been a twelve eight either. <laughs> Body slams somebody in a brick in their neck. Straight up. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do some trailers. What have we got? Anyone for anything? Um, there's the Great Showman, the P.T. Barnum uh, Hugh Jackman movie with Zac Efron. It looks like a two and a half hour 
post-Christmas, pre-New Year, sit there almost asleep for two and a half hours and have an acceptable time. Yeah, it does. It, 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 yes, it does scream acceptable time, doesn't it? Mm. It, it? It looks it looks like if it gets really good reviews, it might catch a little bit of a crystal wave. If not, it'll just kind of tick along nicely. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what else have I caught? Oh, I did watch the Pitch Perfect 3 trailer. Um, did you do that? Because I hate myself, clearly. Um, yeah, that... Why? I mean, Pitch Perfect... Pitch, I think it's Pitch Perfect was, was, was all right. It was actually surprisingly entertaining. The sequel was god-awful, and this just looks even worse. Mm. Yeah, there is a market for it, though, isn't there? I mean, I don't know how well the last one did, but... Didn't it do pretty well? It did all right. It, yeah, it did, it did quite well. Uh, these can't cost that much to make, really. No, and it the, feels uh, like they fill a little bit. They fill a void. Yeah, the, the, the soundtracks make. Yeah, well, don't yeah, they? yeah. So I can so. see why they're making it. My question is um, why Anna Kendrick goes back to them. I would have thought by the third one, Paycheck. we would have. Well, yeah, but I would have thought by this by uh, by this point it would have, you know. Cruel Intentions 2 kind of thing and, and the the background characters creep to the front and I can see why Rebel Wilson needs to do it but we've got Anna Kendrick Hayley Steinfeld I don't know why they're there really Well Pitch Perfect um, cost Pitch Perfect cost 17 million and made 115 million uh, Pitch Perfect 2 Cost thirty million and made just shy of three hundred million. So that's Fucking a piece of either. Yeah. Um, funny enough, Elizabeth Banks is back in this one. Um, yeah, she's, she's producing it, but she's, not, she's not directing it. No, she's not directing this one. Yeah, fair, play, fair play to her for fucking stepping up and directing that second one. By the way, yeah. because I think. If I remember correctly, they had a director and the director dropped out, and she was ever so slightly last minuted into it I might be wrong but I swear there was something like that and good on her yeah because I think well, that, wasn't that like her first a directorial debut I'm, I'm pretty sure it was her directorial debut like she did a short film in that fucking movie 43 yeah um, but then oh, did this gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was terrible that film um, yeah oh, what else to watch that's um, the, literally the first time I've heard anybody mention that film since the week it came out yeah, yeah it was that was fucking awful I, did, I got through that movie by getting really fucking drunk during it <laughs> it was so that film was so fucking weird though the fact that like the the kind of the framing stuff in between the short films was different depending on whether you watched the UK or the US version yeah it was wasn't it like the US one I think like there was someone pretty big in the framing bit in the US one. And mm. it was like trying to, like, they were like, it was some weird, like, marketing meeting or something. And they were like trying to sell products or some bollocks. And then the UK one was like some kids looking through YouTube videos or something. Was, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that whole fucking situation was mental. It was, a, it was a really fucking weird, terrible, but weird movie. Um, Watch the trailer for 
Bad Mom's Christmas. Yeah. Talking of, of sequels that nobody asked for and nobody wants. Uh, am I need to watch the trailer for this? I'm going to go watch this. I liked Bad Mom's. I, 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 I didn't dislike Bad Mom's. But it literally, yeah. it, it literally seems like they've just taken Bad Mom's and then they've just gone, right, let's just, let, can we just put some, some it's uh, in post, can we just put some Christmas decorations up and have them mention Christmas every three minutes and then we'll just release it as a new movie. The thing is, I do like a Christmas movie. I love and Christmas any movie. new Christmas movies, I'm prepared to give a go. That's the it. Last I, bad, I, the, last bad bomb, the last Bad Moms movie didn't bother me as much as the marketing for the last Bad Moms movie. So the it. marketing I, I bothered me a lot. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, what else have I watched this week, trailer-wise? Uh, Stronger, the Jake Gyllenhaal um, Boston Marathon Volume 1 by what David Goddard-Green. You've not seen, seen this? I don't even know anything about that. That sounds interesting. Uh, David Goddard-Green um, has done a film with Jake Gyllenhaal about the um, Boston Marathon bombings. Wow. Uh, which set it along against one guy who has his legs blown off essentially um, and it's about him trying to actually just kind of get some semblance of his life back and they're all trying to treat him as like like a poster boy for his area and he isn't quite sure about it and yeah it looks it looks very much like it, it's going to be Dylan Hall on top form again like he is fucking all the time at the moment this is uh, a real person is it? yeah based on your right okay yeah um, so this is uh, this is playing it a little bit more for the awards crowd than Patriots Day did. Then uh, I, I think this is more. It's yeah, and Patriots Day did try to play it for the awards, but just kind of missed it by being a little bit too much America. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is um, well, it's, it's a David. It's an overcoming reason. story as well, isn't yeah. it? So that's just going to play a little bit more. Yeah, it's a little bit more small town. It could end up being Jill and Hall's first Oscar movie. Yeah, certainly. And then he's doing the Halloween film, so that's quite the change of pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I that, love that, it. that that guy's fucking CV is great. Yep. Who chilling all? David Gordon Green. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, from like all the I real girls. I love it. Joe Gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal was in a new Halloween film. Fuck me. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 The fact the only the only thing I think I haven't I haven't liked of um, David Gordon Green's stuff is. Prince Avalon, that's about it, really. You quite had that, didn't you? Ian? Yeah, I did. Funnily enough, George Washington, I wasn't that big on. That was his first fucking film. Ah, uh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. It was all right, that. but George, what I, I hold higher than I probably, really, really, probably should. The Sitter. Yeah. The Sitter's the all sitter. right, man. I liked it. I really liked it. I think I had a good time with that. Yeah. It's yeah. got a fucking great soundtrack as well. Just on the topic of um, Jake Gyllenhaal, though, I noticed this week that Netflix has got the um, Dan Gilroy uh, movie that um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Dan Gilroy, so the, the director of uh, what's it called, Nightcrawler. So Netflix have won that, and apparently they they dug deep into their pockets for it as well. All over it. Yeah, that'll nice. do me. Fucking love Nightcrawler. Yeah, I fucking, fucking love program. Netflix. Yeah, they're not, they're yeah. not killing cinema. They're, make, they're letting people they're make, make shit they want to fucking make. 
yeah. And they're putting it in my house. Yeah. Which is the important thing for six quid a month. I that's have nothing it. to complain about Netflix. Sorry, so that's, that's it. it the, the amazing thing is they're doing stuff like saying to um saying to Scorsese, oh, how much do you need to make the Irishman? I need about 120. If we give you 150, you'd be able to do it then. Yeah. Um I, I said 120. We want to be want to be sure though. Uh okay. <laughs> And then, I, and then I phone, pitch was, look, we've got loads of money, just have some. And then I phone them up and I say, oh, hi, is, is that Netflix? Can I speak to Netflix? And they say, yes. And I say, yeah, I, I heard you, you, you're getting the new Martin Scorsese movie and also you, you're doing uh, the new Defenders TV series and there's like a new episode of, uh, there's a new series of House of Cards and stuff like that. And I was just wondering, can I pre-order it or do I need to, how much is it going to cost? And they oh, no, 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 it's covered. Uh, no, 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 it's all right. I'm only on the six ninety nine package. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's covered by that. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, it, it's, <laughs> that's that's it, fine. It really is staggering how good value Netflix is. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> it's, it's madness. Cause oh, and by the way, sir, night. and by the way, sir, do you know you can download them all to your phone so you can watch on the truck? Oh, right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's I'll it. The, the amazing thing is... Torrent in app. Thank you. Yeah, you don't need it because we can all watch a, a brand new Boom Jim Howe film tonight if we wanted to for a part of our six ninety nine a month. It's incredible. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's insane. Bless on myself. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, that's it for me for trailers. Oh, no. Um, the Thank You For Your Service, a film that's getting a little bit of good press and everything, but I have a feeling that Ian... If he hasn't already seen the trailer, when he's watching the trailer, will be sat there going, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. All right, the way tell it. me why now. Because, right, it is a, it's set in the um, current Gulf um, conflict. Right. Uh, stars, uh, actually, uh, Miles Teller, yeah. Um, uh, and looks quite good. Looks, you know, good. He's also sorry, Miles Teller. Right. Um, looks quite good. He, he plays a essentially. He, he's one of the guys who drives around the Humvee looking for IUDs, uh, and it's about how not not how he can't come to terms with coming back. It's about how people keep on saying they need him out there, and he keeps having to go back because he's the best at what he does. Um, ah. And uh, it's written by, ah. they make, and it's produced by, and they make quite a big deal of it in the trailer, mm. the people who made American Sniper. Mm. Wow, this is going right. to be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, means I'm going to enjoy it, and Ian's going to hate it and think it's racist. Yeah, the thing is, it, it, it actually... No, American really... Sniper's not racist, it's just inspiring countless young men who are maybe not as well educated as the American system should do so, sending them into the battlefield for them to just get killed. That's all, you know, American Sniper, it just it's actually lethal. That's all, that's all. Uh, oh, the other one I did watch was American Assassin, um, which has got that um, Dylan... What's his name? Is it O'Brien? Him from The Maze Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Who actually looks like he could make a proper fucking badass action hero, which I never thought I'd say. That's funny what a serious injury resulting from an incident with a car can do to you. Yeah, but that he looks looks good. 
that looks entertaining. And it's got Michael Keaton in it. I'm more into that than thank you for your service. <laughs> you, you will hate the trailer for that, man. I, so hang on, what? So like they're saying, you're too good at finding IEDs, so we need you to go back? Yeah. Does it explain in the trailer why he's so good at it? No. I I quite like to I want to watch it because I want to find out what makes him really good at at, at uh, searching for IEDs. Like, cause I don't know, it kind of seems like American Sniper. Like, uh, fair play, that film is is at, is fucking offensive to me, but sniping is a fucking shitstorm of a skill. That is incredible. Like, just being able to do that, fair fucking play. Finding IEDs. How do they do that then? Well, it'll explain it. Um, it's actually it's 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 not only written by the guy who wrote um, American Sniper. It's also right. directed by him as well. Oh, great! Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I didn't know he also wrote Paranoia, that um, the, oh, not the fucking, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth movie that everyone forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> and he also oh, wrote the. Um, the David McKenzie, Ashton Kutcher, and Hesh film spread, which I think I am the only person who's seen that. Ashton Kutcher. David McKenzie, him who did um, Young Adam? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Young Adam, Hallam 4. Uh, he did, and um, Perfect Sense. Yeah. Yeah, he did a film called Spread, uh, starring Ashton Kutcher and Anne Hatch, where Ashton Kutcher plays essentially like a a young kind of like playboy who said who all he basically does is he he jumps from one rich, um, bored, middle-aged woman to another, uh, and basically just moves in with them and takes them for all they can get, and then jumps on to the next one. Interesting. It's it, it's it's fairly amusing, um, but probably thoroughly not worth your time. That's okay, <laughs> what I said. <laughs> Spread a movie that I enjoyed that's thoroughly not worth anybody's time. Yeah, that sounds about right. I fucking hate American Sniper. <laughs> You've really brought me down now. I'm sorry. That fucking nobody hates that film as much as I do. No, that's and, true. And it's like. How do I show people? <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining now a thank you for your service poster that just says, fuck you, American sniper. Ian Loring, doing the monkey. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. The thing is, if thank you for your service doesn't inspire people to go and get themselves killed, then it will be better than American sniper. <laughs> you know, fuck me. Anyway... Right, I just realised I'm, I'm I'm steering the ship. Transformers, Transformers. It, it's the last night. It's directed by Michael Bay. It starts Mark Wahlberg, Anthony. Get out of my way, you fat bastard, Hopkins. Um, Laura, <laughs> Laura Haddock. Um, I just remember that. Sorry. I just remembered that. <laughs> only, there is only one director working today of like big budget movies that would that just wouldn't give a shit about having that in his movie. It's just, oh God, I wish I could do the voice. 
It's ama- just amazing. Um, <laughs> Hang on a minute. You're the one who lives in Wales. Surely you're the most equipped to do an Anthony Hopkins impersonation. On paper, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, God, Donna hates it when I try and do it. Yeah. Do, do, do you like lose your valley card if you're English and try and do a Welsh accent in Wales? <laughs> I barely have a fucking valley card, mate. I tell you what, I have to go into hiding whenever there's a fucking rugby match on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, yeah, I only do, I only do one Anthony Hopkins impersonation, and it's just one line from Thor, and that's but you're not king. king. That's the only thing. I can do. <laughs> yes, but you're not Solid. King. He does another one in the Dark World as well. It almost <laughs> feels like up, he's trying yeah. to replicate it, but just yeah. can't quite do it. I can't remember what that line is. Oh, yeah, fuck. I, know, I know what you mean. But I don't want to ever uh, want to watch the Dark World again, though. That's the thing. So. <laughs> Um, has anybody Googled IMDb? Uh, sorry, has anybody Googled uh, Transformers 5 and then clicked on the IMDb link? No. And just try that little journey. Is it, is it a gif of Anthony Hopkins going, get out of my <laughs> way, you fat bastard? <laughs> I wish it was. No, it's like it's like a sort of skinned version of IMDb that's also uh, wrapped in Transformers-ness. Uh, but then at the top, there's a a sort of showcase of characters where when you click on one of them, it brings you through to a, a screen of sort of like another showcase. And then as you click on each character, they do that walking towards the screen and stopping thing like you get on Premiership Games. <laughs> Just really oh, God, it does, yeah. Do, do they, do they uh, cross their arms? Uh, one of them does, yeah. Which one? No I think. way, really. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Like they all do a little thing like that, but it just feels like a sort of shit. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Like oh, a bump, yeah. Bumblebee does the crossed arms thing. Ugh, it's it's crummy. Pretty um, crummy. So I, I I reeled off three people who are in it, but I think we could probably end it there. Um, what's the story? That's a question. Um, <laughs> Bumblebee just crossed his arms. <laughs> oh, and Stanley Tucci is Merlin, by the way. Remember that. Um, <laughs> which is one of the greatest on-screen credits of all time. Um. So, the the Transformers have, even though it kind of seems like in the first film it's the first time anyone's ever seen them, it turns out that they've been around for fucking ages. Yeah. They were around during the time of King Arthur. Um, actually, to be fair, in Age of Extinction at the start, it's like, well, they caused the death of the dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. So, there's that. Um, and Bumblebee helped in World War Two, apparently. Um, so, the, the, the story. Optimus Prime, at the end of Age of Extinction, he's gone off to um, find his maker and kick their ass. Uh, Excellent his maker, plan. Yes. So his maker well. is a wrongan called Quintessa, I believe, um, who turns him evil. Um, and then he's not in it for about two hours. And then, while that's happening... Earth has gone anti-Autobot. The Decepticons are kind of there. Galvatron's turned himself back into Megatron, even though it seemed like not many people knew that Galvatron was Megatron. Or like, maybe they did. Just accept it now. Yeah. Just accept it. He's, and he's changed his appearance. He doesn't have that big hole in him anymore. Um, and Wahlberg is on the run. Um, and his daughter's in college so that she doesn't have to be in this one. 
and some stuff happens where things occur. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins gets involved, and Laura Haddock get in, gets involved, and then they go underwater for a bit, and then they go up in the sky for a bit, and then it ends. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. But Noel did. Noel. <laughs> right, well. Uh, <laughs> where to start? Uh, well, if you'll indulge me a little later on when we get a bit deeper into it, I'll 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 explain to you what this why this is 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 so disjointed from everything and, and the and the problems that I have with it on a sort of fan level in relation to what the you know the the story of of the Transformers is and is supposed to be. But primarily uh, no pun intended. Um, primarily, the issue with this film is that most of the things in it don't make sense. It's basically a long list of things that don't make sense. Now, for some reason, I was, I mean, the Transformers films, I'm a huge Transformers fan, loved them as a kid, read the comic books religiously as a kid. Um, carried on reading them into sort of um, young adulthood and then kind of it was the first Transformers film that sort of made me lose interest in a little bit because it, it just didn't feel like Transformers to me. So over the years, I've kind of checked in with them, um, but rather half-heartedly and I've not really been that bothered. Um, recently, I started um, rereading not just the original UK and US comics, but um, through a subscription service that I'm signed up to, I actually sat, started reading a lot of the stories that I'd never read. So the the IDW uh, universe and the, the more modern um, take on the characters that that have that have been you know that have continued uh, long after the comics that I read uh, all those years ago died. So I had a sort of renewed interest in Transformers, and I'd heard that there was a certain character from. Transformers, the 1986 animated movie that was going to be appearing in this. And the notion of seeing that character on the big screen, um, that character being Unicron, um, really made me sort of interested again. And then I'd seen a trailer and I thought, you know what, I don't get to the cinema very often these days. It'd be good to go and just have a nice, fun time um, watching it. Unfortunately, these films tend not to be that much of a fun time it's like have you heard of the phrase i'm here for a good time not a long time yes because these films are basically the opposite of that <laughs> they're they're not pleasant and they go on for too long and they're they massively overcomplicate things that that should be actually quite simple um so it's frustrating because you sat there. I didn't have too much of a problem while I was watching it because I was drinking Coca-Cola and eating Haribo and I was just going along with it. But then afterwards, the the reality of everything that you've just seen sinks in and you go, none of that made sense. None of the connective tissue in that plot made sense. And it does a long list of things that just do not make any sense from, from tiny little things like uh, Bumblebee's voice box 
to much deeper things about the the timeline of the actual Transformers and where they're supposedly from and where they've been all this time, kind of, and how that's been covered up is just... There's just so much that doesn't make sense. So it's a bad film. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I'll talk a bit more about it on a sort of... Um, again, if you'll indulge me, I'll talk a bit more about how this continuity is just fucking is 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 a debacle uh but you know in terms of what i thought of the film it's just it's a bad film it's it's a bad film it's it's the second worst of the bunch for me the second one was the worst by far uh but this 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 one is is the second worst of the bunch Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I I, I watched um, Age of Extinction um, this morning and then went to watch The Last Night this afternoon. Uh, so I've had, I've had a lot of transforming uh, done to me. I thought I'd had a bad day. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's... It's a fucking mess. It's There's no reason why it should be two and a half hours long. I don't know why about halfway through it becomes the da vinci code for a little bit that's Um, that's a very good point uh it's it it, it proves that michael bay doesn't give a fuck about whether or not whether or not these are a make sense b good movies i i i'm going to bet michael bay hasn't actually read a script for any of the Transformers movies since the first one. He's just kind of skimmed it and gone. Blah, 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 blah. I get the gist. I get the gist. Yeah, it should be fine. Um, it, I, it doesn't make sense. Um, it bounds from one set piece that's the same as the last one to the next. Um, it's it's just a it, it's just a little bit crap. But I didn't hate my time with it. I was bored a little bit during it, but not as bored as someone else that was in my screening because two people fell asleep in the screen I was in. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a little bit... It, it just doesn't really make sense. And I know that it doesn't need to make sense because it's a Transformers movie, but it needs to make a little bit more sense than this one does. I but think... it's the disconnect between the simplicity of the story and how little it makes sense that that makes it such a fucking mind fuck of a bad film. Yeah, there's, there's there's so many bits in it where you just where you don't you don't need them. And the thing is, you over... don't need the first hour. The yeah. first hour of the film is completely irrelevant. You yeah, need the, drunk the, the, the... I'm sorry, you need drunk Merlin. <laughs> drunk Merlin's fine. Yeah, well, actually, I. I, I... The thing is, I was worried at the minute it opened, I thought, oh, we got the Knights fucking round table bullshit. Oh, I'm not going to like this. Um, and then Drunk Merlin kind of pulled it back a little bit. But even that, there, there again, is Michael Bay proving that he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just like the Tooch. He was literally in the last one. Yeah. And there he is back yeah. again, but this time he's playing Merlin. Merlin. Like, fine. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's almost like they had him under contract to do the next one and he went, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it and Bear's gone Look, we, if you're just in it you've got to say some lines because you've got to and then we'll call it okay, okay, right, fine just just 
Put me in it. In it. I want to play Merlin. That's, I think that's, that's fine. You can play Merlin. I think. I want, I want to play genuine, drunk. I think he genuinely like, likes Bay, though. I think a lot of that is do like John Turturro doesn't have to be in this. But well, he gets like, he gets some cheap coke, don't he? Basically, that's probably what it is. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, it could well be. But I mean, like John Turturro, he does not have good to be coke. in this, and he's in it. I can't imagine he was paid too much for what he was doing there. It kind of just feels like it was like, yeah, I'll fuck about on set for a couple of days with you. Why not? You know, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. It just... <laughs> it, it, the John Turturro bit was, I'll be in it, but can you just pay for me to go to Cuba for like two weeks and just film it there? Yeah. <laughs> Bay's gone, yeah, I'll find, I'll find that. I, I, I'm not going to be there. I'll send some second unit. I reckon Bay is the most second unity director in the world. But what else does he do then? That, that, I, that, that, I, reckon, I reckon he just goes. It. He goes right. Um, is this is this the scene where uh, where she's walking the tight dress? Yeah, I'll direct this one. He sets up a shot where it looks like a a, a music video from nineteen ninety one. And then he just fucking says, "Right, I've got the shot. Now take it to the take it to the CG department and smash, smash, smash. I yep. don't care what the plot is. Just make the shiny robot smash, and that's all he does." Yeah, it, it is. It is a bit. It, it's very, very like that. It's yeah. It, it's a little bit. Except I didn't. Hate we've got one. It. We've got one hour to shoot each day between the between the hour of six o'clock and seven o'clock when the sun goes sun goes down. I'll get as much in the camera as I can then, and then you take it away and put shiny robots on it. That's yeah. what Michael Bay does. I think he's got an eye. That's the thing, though. Like he I, does at some points. I, I agree. I, some like, nice shots. It's clear that he cares about. It's clear that he cares about his shot. But he, that's that. It feels like that's the only thing that he's concerned about in this. He's setting up a shot. There's no consideration of, of you know, of how. Well, there's no consideration of story or how a story comes together or character or. It's just Sorry. not there. Apologies. Um, thank you, baby. Thank you very much, Lots. Lossie just brought me a beer up. Uh, that's how it works. Nice one. Thanks, Tom. Um yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I understand that, but it, it's... I, 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 God, I can't believe I'm bloody defending him. Like, it's it's so weird. But, I mean, the, the difference between this and Transformers 2, where it was just... Is it makes more sense? That's the crazy thing. The, the, the action makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. The plot probably makes less sense. And I think the key is that with Transformers 3, that was a film that was, like, right in the height of 3D at the cinema. And he had to fucking learn that he couldn't just cut every two seconds because otherwise it would make audiences throw up with 3D. So if you with Transformers 3, it, there's a lot of wide shot and long shots happening. And I think he's brought that to four and five as well. And it's not... I agree it's boring in places, and it's because the plot doesn't make any sense. You've got nothing to hang your hat on for huge chunks of this film. But I think the action is really well choreographed, and I enjoyed my time watching that stuff. 
But that first hour is completely pointless apart from Joint Merlin, I agree. Like, all that stuff in that junkyard. Yeah, and the problem with that is, like, I'm not coming to, as I say, I'm not coming to Transformers. I'm not stupid enough to come to Transformers 5 and think that I'm going to get a really strong plot. All I want is a little bit of a reference to the characters that I know, some semblance of a plot, and then smashy, smashy robots. I'll be perfectly happy with that. But... What you actually get, I mean, there's the opening battle scene, which I actually quite liked, and the Merlin stuff at the beginning, which I actually quite liked. But then you end up in the city, uh, in, in the smashed up city, and you're introduced to some kids. And at first you're like, all oh, right, are we going to follow these kids around for a bit? And then those kids introduce you to another character, that, uh, the, the, the young girl. And then she's established as a hero. And then for the next hour, you've got her making her way to Mark Wahlberg's uh, hiding place, the place where he's hiding and is so secret that he can't speak on the phone when he's talking to his daughter, but yet when the the feds want to find him, they know exactly where to look. Because um, they put a fucking tracker on him. It's like he does it like on Bumblebee. They, he doesn't even think about that occurring. Aside like, from the fact that there's giant robot dinosaurs throwing each other around in the fucking in in the middle of a, I'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult to to, to locate them. Yeah, but. The point is you get that first hour where you're setting up all that stuff and who is this character and what's her relationship with Mark Wahlberg going to be and is she going to come through? Is she going to be the one who comes through in the end? At the, you know, is is that is she going to be our sort of, not final girl, but, you know, somebody who does something really important at the end of the movie? Um, and then suddenly Mark Wahlberg basically gets a phone call and has to fuck off to London and it's like, all right, bye, see you later. And then that's her gone. So... You've got Prime disappeared for, for for a good long time. You've got this girl that we've just had an entire setup for, for no reason whatsoever. And then, you know, the adventure can start over in London with, with all this um, Merlin-related stuff and this woman that we've not met until an hour and 20 minutes into the film uh, who's, you know, who's supposedly connected to this Merlin staff. That's It's just they, they've taken the same mechanic of having one um one thing that everybody has to get and wrapped this really convoluted thing around it and wasted an hour getting you to that point like what was the point in that well that's it there there wasn't it was just it it's like they they, they don't get that they could make as good if not better movie be two hours long mm. it doesn't it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense I don't, I don't know why they set up that whole thing about Mark Wahlberg is in the destroyed city doing some stuff we don't really there's no point for any of that then he goes back to this uh, junkyard and there's the whole section we don't need any of that there's the introduction of that character and her relationship with him we don't need any of that and, and his just uh, and his, like, his, um, his employee as well who yeah, like set up and just disappears. You don't know. All we need I'm, to do is say, yeah, right. after the events of the last film, Mark Wahlberg is in hiding. He's taking the Transformers out to, to somewhere, and then he gets this call. Anthony Hopkins gets in touch via Cogman. For fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and and then we have to start the adventure in London. Like that's all we need. That just get just get us there. I mean, and to be fair, I I do think that energy levels pick up when Anthony Hopkins is on screen. Um, He's the only good thing. But yeah, yeah, he was great. I mean, like, 
he genuinely looks like he's having the best time. Just completely, I'm going to take my paycheck. I'm, I'm, and he, you know, he, he loves a paycheck, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he does. I mean, like, just the, there's one shot in this film that had me fucking howling, where he's in that car with Cogman, and they're speeding along, and Cogman's, like, singing, like, Yo, bitch, get out my way. And the Hopkins is just laughing. <laughs> and it's just like the sheer... What What the fuck is this? Yeah, the, the Cogman character is a strange character. Oh, mm. oh and, and, and also, him playing the score on that <laughs> organ. And, and like they do that joke, and then they repeat it again 30 seconds yeah. later. I just... I. That was almost a stand up and sh- and clap moment for me. It's just Bay, like you say, gives zero fucks. I, 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 even I think I go even further. I think he actively is now looking at these movies and going, "Wonder what I could get away with. Wonder what I could do that would just piss people off." Well, that's working. <laughs> but, but, but I would say that there is less of the, and I'm the more socially conservative of, of me and Mark, but there's less of the pervy stuff. Well, that's um, just a fucking travesty. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, because it was, it it, it was aggressively... Like, look at her ass. Look at those tits for a while. There, I mean, the introduction of Rose, Rosie Huntington Whiteley in the third one. The Not first shot of her character is literally yeah. her ass. Yeah. Well, now, well, that see, was that was a very clear it. middle finger. That to to what's her face, wasn't it? Though. Oh, to Fox. To Fox, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I almost forgave it for that, like, because it felt a little bit like it was a genuine sort of like, fuck you. Now I've got this to play with. <laughs> it, which is a just, terrible message but. yeah it's and also is i mean frankly he's he's too old to be fucking doing that kind of stuff i'm sorry <laughs> like michael bay he's got he's got to be in what his late 40s early 50s uh 52 there you go all right there you go so i don't know and the thing is the, the casting of this girl in this film if they did any of that with a girl who looked that young I mean, he was already skating on thin ice with that Ju- Romeo and Juliet law yeah. thing in the fourth one, which is just just cast a girl who's a, who looks a bit older. Like that's the that's another example of of why why do I need that in my space alien robots movie? Like, why do I need? Uh, I, I don't understand. Like, you know, all right, I get that Mark Wahlberg's the protective dad, but why? Do I need the hero to prove himself to the dad so that he can sleep with the underage girl? Why is that part of my Transformers movie when, like, there are so many other interesting things that I could have in my Transformers movie? It's just not necessary. I, I mean, let's. I mean, let's just call an apple an apple here. I mean, like this film, you would think would be designed for kids around Charlie's age or a bit older. Hmm. Yeah. Disregarding yeah. the length, talking more the action on screen and the like that kind of stuff. 
like versus say Revenge of the Fallen or Dark of the Moon, would you feel any more comfortable showing Charlie this compared to some of the earlier ones? Comfortable's got nothing to do with it. I'd be perfectly happy for him to see what is in this. The problem that I've got is he'd get bored because he wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. He, he, yeah. he simply would not understand what was happening in front of him. No, I mean, I, you know, I we've, we've we've watched the 1986 uh, movie together uh, before, and I've had to sort of explain a few little things and stuff like that. But there's no clear path. There's no journey of like even characters just flow in and flow out and there's an hour passes between them being you know here and not here so i just it wouldn't make sense to him yeah no no it's fair enough i mean i suppose like but i mean like transformers prevents the falling you've got the bit with like the swinging robot bollocks and um yeah megan fox like draped over a motorcycle and stuff like that it just yeah it because it, it's interesting, the Bumblebee spin-off that's coming out next year, they've already said it's going to be aimed at a younger audience. It's being directed mm. by uh, Travis Knight, who did Kubo and the Two Strings, which is mm. a weird fucking Ooh. Kubo and the Two Strings to the Bumblebee film. But, yeah. like, that feel already feels like a film that might be like, well, Lottie's going to be four by then, and maybe... Uh, absolutely. That, I'm, I'm interested... Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, The Last Night, I mean, any of the Transformers films other than the first one, and maybe mm. not the first one because I haven't seen it for a while, but that's the only one I think would possibly appeal to what you would imagine the target audience of these films would be. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of Spielberg in there and the, to, to keep to keep it grounded. I think that's why the first one works more as a, a, a coherent sort of thing. Um, yeah, agreed. But so, sorry, you're going to say? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a glimmer. There's, there is a glimmer of hope in hearing that the next one is going to be set in the 80s, and it's just going to be a little bit more focused on uh, on. Well, it's going to be focused on Bumblebee and what he was up to in the 198 in the 1980s and stuff like that. That's that that gives me more the fact that it's directed by somebody different, and it's somebody who's uh, got an acclaimed. Uh, animated movie with a story attached to it under their belt that fills me with 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 um you know that makes me more and more interested in it the problem that i've got is so much damage has been done to this franchise by michael bay that there's nothing there's so much uh, i don't know unfortunately these films keep making money so michael bay keeps getting invited back and every time he comes back we get further and further away from any kind of coherent universe or any chance that these are ever going to be the kind of Transformers films that fans of the series will like or even recognize as, as, as being their own. Because every time he steps in, he genuinely ruins something. So um, in this case, you've got, characters that are completely ruined so hot rod for example is a much loved character in the transformers universe um and he has a very clear story arc over his time he's young he's hot-headed and then he learns 
um, the power of leadership and, and, and in later stories, Prime takes him under his wing and teaches him what it is to be, you know, the, the greatest Autobot and, and to always think pragmatically and not think with your head, think about, uh, you know, almost in that sort of um, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few kind of thing. There's a very good, strong arc with that character. But here it's just like, nah, he's a Lamborghini and he's French. So it's like, well, you've, that's that's not. What do you mean French? How is he French? He's a fucking robot from outer space. Um, I, I think quite literally, it's because at one point he was an old city. He went to right. That was that 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 because I, I thought, why is he French? Ah. Uh, He's a well, again, why was he a Citroen and why is he a Lamborghini? He's, he's called Hot Rod. He should be a Hot Rod. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, Star- I'm, I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> no, 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 I know. No. Um, Starscream, there's, his head was back in this at some point. Um, you know, that's a character that's got a really strong storyline to him. He's the sort of leader in waiting who's, who's been trying to sort of oust his leader and and is always up to something in the background they've never really managed to capitalize on that and yet at some point uh megatron is holding his head in this film and, and says ah oh, starscream my treacherous friend or something like that and it's like based on what he's not done anything so every time this every time Bay steps back into this universe he sort of ruins something that can't then be picked up further down the line and the big one in this film is unicron so now unicron is planet earth when, yeah so, when you when you because you whatsapped us saying that you were interested in one character and after, yeah. when i when i was walking out of it i was like out of interest not what character was it and i was i thought you were going to say like quintessa or something it was like okay well it's got like a role in the film fair enough you said unicron i was like right i'm not going to say anything i was just thinking he's going to be fucking fuming like it was so right this is if you don't mind just let me give you this little breakdown here so please do basically the original um the origins of 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 the transformers in the u.s comic book that was originally they were like an evolutionary thing so a planet was born that was sort of mechanized and the, the the transformers evolved from that um but then in the sort of mid to late 80s the uk comic uh which really took the storylines and and ran with it they came up with this idea of there being two um agents of order and chaos light and dark from the past that had existed light years ago uh one of them was primus who was the the god of light the good guy the other guy was unicron who was kind of his evil twin and they battled for centuries and centuries um and after uh, battling for centuries and centuries each ended up taking on the form of a planet um primus became sort of the giver of life and he brought the transformers into the world and gave life to them in the universe uh unicron became this sort of bringer of death um and then in 1980 this this was sort of this was all written following the 1986 animated movie so unicron appeared in the 1986 animated movie and then simon Furman, who was writing for the uk comic at the time came up with this whole backstory and this is really kind of the backstory that most people are the happiest with and that's what people tend to go with it works quite well there's a dark and a light you know obviously that's very similar to a lot of other franchises but there's a dark and a light and they both manifest in in planets one of them being cybertron one of them being unicron and one day you hope those two worlds will collide figuratively and literally 
Uh, and obviously, Unicron is a planet that turns into a, a giant uh, monster robot, which is great. And you really want to see a giant Unicron floating through space and tearing into a planet. The idea of seeing that in a film to a Transformers fan is huge. Like, I'd love to see that. Um, there is a third origin, uh, which is that the, the, the Transformers were created by the Quintessons. So the Quintessons were also in the 1986 movie. Um, there is no Quintessa. Quintessa is the name of the planet that the Quintessons are from. So what they've done is they've sort of bastardized a few ideas and sort of ruined all of them. Um, whereas actually they had a great idea in the sort of dark and light thing that they could have used for this anyway. Um, but they didn't. Um, so I don't know if anybody saw this piece of news. Apparently Lorenzo di Bonaventura uh who's a producer on this has come out and said that the character of quintessa uh, is probably a human and that means that she ironically created the transformers uh and a human created trans the transformers so we've already got this fucking weird fucked up timeline and now the producer of the film is saying that the transformers were created by humans and sent to the planet earth at a time before humans existed so why have why overcomplicate why have we got to this point where things are so overcomplicated that more interesting things in this universe now can't be used because they're all ruined like it's it's everything's so all over the place that nothing good about this universe can ever come out because everything's been fucked every michael bay has fucked this all up yeah it's because he's he's not concerned with story. Simple as that. No, he's ruined it for everybody else. For I mean, he, it's almost like it's felt a little bit like they've dragged him back to these films. On on certainly on, the, I know he seemed sort of there was uncertainty that he was going to do the fourth one at some point, and then it's like no, he's back and we're rebooting it. Except we're not really. He's just going to come back and ruin more stuff. Um, and it's just there's a there's a lack of respect for the mythology that these films are from, which is fine. He doesn't, he doesn't want to read up on the films that he's making. He just wants to do whatever. But when you just make things up on the fly instead, then you just make it feel more nonsensical and it makes it more difficult to make a coherent universe out of it later. So instead what you end up having to do is just get one new source of power for every film that's vaguely connected to the, transformers origin everybody runs around chasing it about for some reason and then prime has a speech at the end about what he's learned and what he's going to do next and then what he does next is exactly the same thing that he did in the last film which is chasing around some random source of power it's it's just a mess like a real fucking mess so that's off my chest now anyway <laughs> no that's fair i i, I that bond Lorenzo de Bonaventura quote was fucking mental. I hadn't heard that. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, it's going to be interesting because the film's not done that well um, so far. Um, like, it's it's going to do fine, but it does feel like the air's coming out of the balloon somewhat. And mm. I do wonder if they might have a little bit of a course correction now. Um just because even that like mid credits tease where it's like Quintessa in human form. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just like, is anyone particularly interested in seeing how that where that goes? I, no. I, I, I don't no, particularly because, think so. Because Unicron is the planet Earth, so we're never going to get to see him. We can't, otherwise the, 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 the planet's dead. We can never see Unicron. It's impossible for us to see Unicron. Unless those horns all like spin out and form a big Unicron above the Earth or something like that. Mm. Which, which you know, anything wouldn't put it past this. Well, that's not a, like it's not going to be. We're not going to get to see the planet Unicron turn into the robot Unicron. Like it's, yeah. it's just and, unless everybody uh, moves to Cybertron. Yeah, and, and let's face it, these films don't go fuck about human casualties. <laughs> no. So I mean, even there's, but it's that thing, you know. He, Michael Bay, isn't averse to googling uh, Transformers, looking for the first things that come up, and then introducing words into this universe that relate to them. So names of characters like Hot Rod. Oh, there's a character called Hot Rod and then just do what the fuck you want with him. Um, the, the Cogman, which I'm just going to pronounce as Cogman just to illustrate what a fucking ridiculous name that is that must have taken all of three seconds to come up with. Cogman is referred to as a headmaster at one point. Um, now, a headmaster is a small robot that transforms into the head of another robot um well actually no it's a human inside a sort of transformer body thing that's a human from another planet called nebulon but that doesn't matter um and transforms into the head of a much bigger robot so that that robot is then more um agile and great at fighting and stuff like that but we've already established that although this character of cogman is some sort of uh, robot butler he's not really anything to do with being a headmaster it's not reference so it's just another thing that's just been stuck in there for no reason and not elaborated on and it doesn't really feel like we're gonna get to see headmasters so <laughs> like we're just gonna see more cogman in the in the future i don't know so yeah i'm i'm more annoyed that i'm not i'm less annoyed with the film because i didn't have the worst time watching it despite the fact that it made zero sense, I'm more just annoyed that this is a franchise that's now been established, but all the toys in the box have been broken. So there's just, I can't see what's left unless they literally rip it up and start again and use this Bumble Me movie to reset the universe and go, you know what, we're going to do an 80s movie. And this is about how, because there is actually a really nice um, set of stories actually that, that do that where um, there's one, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's one where the Transformers have been around for millions of years, because they have in the comics, the, the Ark crashed millions of years ago, um, and the Transformers have been here, and then they wake up in the, in the 1980s. Um, but there is a, a couple of interesting stories where you get to see pockets of them, or a pocket of them, wake up uh, in the middle of like the railroad era, uh, so they're almost in like a steampunk kind of universe and you get to see them transforming into trains and a uh, sort of time of sort of booming industry and stuff like that. So there are options to just have it so that we can just have the Transformers pop up, pop up in different eras and stuff like that, much in the way that maybe Wonder Woman will. Um, but they're not going to be able to do that with this current 
timeline in i mean clearly that's what they're going for with this ridiculous idea that the transformers have always been here but we managed to keep it quiet um so obviously that's what they're going for but it's it's, it's just not it's not going to work with these these characters i just can't see it working well that's a downer <laughs> yeah Um, so it's good to be back, guys. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely not shit for Noel there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, like, it's not as a film. It just Don't as you a fucking film. Dare give it touching cloth or anything now. No, man. no, like, no, no. But as as a film, it it it. I didn't I didn't hate my time with it while I was sat in the seat watching it. It was only afterwards that you start to go. What was that all about, and what is the knock-on effect of that now? And that's what—that's what's so frustrating about it. Mark, how are you, how are you feeling? Me, I'm—I'm I'm touching cloth with it, to be honest. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not quite at, at shit, but I'm. 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 I'm not. At, definitely not shit. <laughs> Because it is a little bit shit, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm, I'm touching cloth. I'm happy we've been touching cloth with it. Definitely not shit. I'm sorry. I am. Wow. Well done. Go on. Will you watch it again? I would be happy to watch bits again. <laughs> I enjoyed my time enough with it. I don't feel like I wasted two and a half hours. I feel like I wasted a solid half hour, 45 minutes. But I had fun with quite a bit of it. Also, another rather amazing line. Early on when the kid says to Cade Yeager, there's a reward out for you. And Mark Wahlberg's just like, (laughs) oh yeah? How would you like a big punch in the face? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Would you like a big punch in the face? Like it's, it, but it's like the way he says it. It is like the even though he like that like say hi to your mother for me. You know, it's it's almost yeah. like it, it, it's like that. It's a and bit like his. It's a bit like he's doing like his character from the other guys or his character from um, Daddy's Home or something. That sort of yeah. <laughs> Like the mock well. enthusiasm with like the biting comment in there. Um, I no, I had a yeah. I, I just sorry, I just remembered that line. It fucking tickled the shit out of me at the time. Um, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so yeah, definitely not shit. I'm feeling better about definitely not shit now. I remembered that line though. <laughs> I, I'm almost tempted to put it as definitely not shit just from remembering that line. Um, our audience vote, definitely not shit, 14%. Touching cloth, 0%. And shit, 86%. Fair enough. I. The thing is, I'm not going to begrudge it. And, the, like, if you're a... Like, with what Noel was saying there, if you're a fan of the backstory, this is the kind of thing that must fucking infuriate you. Um, well, it's so, fucked. It's absolutely fucked, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I, I respect your opinion on that, man. That's that's the thing. So, no, absolutely fair enough. But I just... 
I had a decent enough time. I will say, though, the aspect ratio changing was fucking... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Like, the fact that... With the Dark Knight, say, they did it with the Dark Knight um, on on Blu-ray, but it's sequences. Mm. The Dark Knight Rises was a little bit more like you'd get a 10-second scene shot in IMAX and then you'd be back to, like, normal, and that was a bit weird. But this is literally one shot is in scope, the next one is in IMAX phrasing, uh, framing, and then the next shot is back to scope again or something like that. It's... The visual vocabulary of it is just the worst. Do, do we have a reason for it? Is there a reason for it? Because, well, apart, the, the thing is, there are three different aspect ratios going on, and I don't understand it. Because, it, at least in my screening, you've got shots that have massive black bars at the top and bottom. You mm. had shots where there were little black bars at the top and bottom, like quite small. And then shots where there are no black bars at the top and bottom. Mm. Um, so a lot of it was filmed with IMAX cameras, but it's yeah. weird that it seems like literally you'll have a shot of one person talking and yeah, it's not it's conversations. IMAX cameras. Yeah. Like how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. It's it it, it um, like it can't possibly be, but it just feels like they picked up the wrong camera when they yeah shot the other half of the conversation it's like they, like, did, they did one that's half. what it does feel like yeah they did one half of the of it with the imax cameras and then they did that yeah and then like they had to stand in while the other person was talking they filmed it with the other cameras yeah what possible benefit would i have from pointing an imax camera at someone who's you know at shoulder length or popping out the side of a car i think at one point there's somebody talking to like, why would you shoot that in in IMAX if you've got, you know, these things aren't cheap to run and the, and the film is expensive and why why wouldn't you just save that for the bits that needed it? Or, or the sequences, like you say, in, with uh, that Christopher Nolan's used IMAX for, it's a sequence. It's it's the big um, set piece. It's the big set pieces. Yeah, uh, you, you'll be glad to Not know one guys. half of a conversation. You'll be glad to know, guys, there is a uh, an extended version coming out of uh, the last night on the Blu-ray that is three hours and ten minutes long. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. What, what's that from? I want to look that up. It's already listed on the uh, IMDb runtimes. 149 minutes that cinematic. There's no three hours, nine minutes right. Blu-ray extended edition. They, that's, there's no way that can be right. How the hell does he do that? That can't be right. There's extended editions of, of two and uh, three. Yeah, I think. but not for not like that's, that's 40, 40 minutes. minutes. That's... There's no way. Well, that was, it wouldn't surprise me. But that's like a bloody Lord of the Rings extended edition, though. And this is Michael Bear. Yeah, 189 Blu-ray extended edition. Just... Do you know what? I'm tempted to fucking watch that, just to see what else is there. I am. I am. Fuck me. 
Yeah. That road is where madness lies. Right. So yeah. No, I need I need some That it's can't be joy. right. That feels like someone's Oh fuck me, no it is. There's Blu-ray cover art of it. Extended <laughs> cut. Forty minutes of never seen never seen before footage. More story, more action. Um, even though there are then people commenting on this Blu-ray art saying that it's fake. So maybe IMDB have kind of picked up on this and then just listed that. Uh, well, Transformers Last Edition, Limited Edition Steelbook, it's on HMV. Does it? But does it have the, um, like, 40 The runtime. Uh, product details. No, it doesn't. But it, do, it is listed exactly as... Oh, hang on a minute. No, that's not it. That's not it. No, that's just the HMV exclusive. I I would I would be tempted to bet some money right now that that's not true. There's no there's no fucking way they're coming out with an over three hour cut of this. No, the only pre order version I'm coming up with is uh, the hundred hundred forty nine minute version on a on German Amazon. Like I just, I just know. Like why I, I don't get no. Just, just no. I, I, I kind of want it to be true. Oh my god! Why though? Why would you want that to be true? Just, 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 just for simply for shits and giggles. No, you don't know. Because I think it'd be it funny. Be you don't want it to be true. Genuinely, really do. You don't want it to be true. <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> Fuck me. Even, oh, God, I'm the person who's watched fucking Batman vs. Superman like 12 times, so what? Yeah. I'm, I got, I, just, I just know. Just fucking. Right, we've talked about, like, Christ, I'm the one who liked it the most, and I've had enough of talking about Transformers the last night, for Christ's sake. Yeah, there's See, there's a whole there's a whole raft of things that I there's a whole raft of things in this film that I haven't even got the energy to talk about. They piss me off so much. So, like, when I don't want to talk about it, but Bumblebee's voice box is just like pff, there's things like there's so many things like that. There's a long list of things like that in this film that are just that don't make sense, and you just kind of go fucking hell. I, I, oh, fuck, man. I just, no. That's all I can say. I'm like a broken record. Right, no. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Noel, would you like to uh, regale us with, with with what you've been watching? And then after that, if you want to go, you're, you're, you're welcome to. You're, welcome <laughs> you're to free around, to leave. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, what have I been watching? Right, well, Transformers 4 is what I've been <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I watched that as well. So did I. <laughs> I think we, I think we all did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I won't talk about that unless, unless you have anything to talk about with it, Mark. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it in, in a way as 
I enjoyed the fact that I was sat eating my breakfast uh, yeah. on my day off watching it there. Um, and I could just kind of let it kind of waft over me uh, in that in that sense of, ah, it's a Mark Wahlberg action movie. It's a little bit silly. He keeps getting angry with that guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I was fine with it. It's way too long. Shocker. It's uh, so long. Apart from that, the only other thing that I've watched is I rewatched I rewatched Iron Man three the other night, um, which is still, or I should say, is now for me the weakest of the Iron Man films. Definitely, um, I've grown I've grown to I've grown to like Iron Man two quite a lot actually over the years. Just. I mean, I, I didn't like it at first because it was a disappointment in many respects. I think it's a bit clunky at times and it's it's bogged down in a lot of things that it doesn't necessarily need to be bogged down in. Um, but enough time has passed now with Iron Man 2 where I can watch it and just enjoy it. Um, Iron Man 3 is just barely an Iron Man film. I think it's much more of a Shane Black, Robert Downey Jr. film. Um and there's a lot of things in it that just don't deliver on the character uh, uh, that much. Um, the bad guy's weak as well. The 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 thing that the bad guy is peddling is weak, uh, despite being sort of you know extremist being uh, a kind of a quite beloved sort of storyline. I don't really think it's done justice here. Um, and yeah, Guy Pearce's bad guy in it is just um he starts off a little bit silly. His 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 arc is pretty much Edward Nigma from Batman Forever. Um and it's it's a bit daft. So I don't hate it as much as I did, but it still doesn't it's still the it's it's, it's the weakest of the three for me. Um that's about it. That's all I've watched, really. We continue to watch um, the what's it called, the Handmaid's Tale as well. That's going down quite well in our house at the moment. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's it's uh, it's very dark in in moments. I mean, do you know much about the storyline, basically, or um, very little? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, virtually virtually nothing. It's well worth watching because it's it's kind of a post it's a post apocalyptic kind of thing, but it feels like it's set in the past or in a sort of part of almost Quaker America or, or something like that. Because basically, what's happened? There's a little bit of Children of Men in there. In terms of post apocalyptic, it's it's in sort of the Children of Men territory. So um, women are second class citizens basically because a lot of them can't get pregnant and the ones who can get pregnant uh, are sort of assigned to uh, to rich families to, to basically be slabs of meat that the that the uh, the lords of the manor have sex with and maybe they get pregnant maybe they don't and they're all kind of abused and uh, and stuff as a result so it's, it's quite dark material uh, but it is really really good it's um, I think we're on episode four at the moment, but I think the whole thing is out there at this point. Uh, it's well worth watch. It's, it's it's really it's really good looking as well. It's really stylishly put together. So recommend. Yeah. Nice. But uh, Twin Peaks, I never got round to my rewatch of the first season or the second season, so I've decided that I will wait. I'll 
watch the rewatch season one and two in my own damn time, and then I'll get through to season three uh, once all of the uh, once all of the furore has, has died down a little bit. So, with that, I will uh, leave you to to much happier discussions <laughs> about Twin Peaks. Well, uh, thank you very much, Noel, for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for bringing you down, guys. You know. No, no, it's okay. I mean, seriously, the the historical context on Transformers. I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, it it was good. Uh, it, it, and hopefully, it's kind of expressed some frustrations that otherwise wouldn't have been vo- voiced on the show that other people have maybe um, maybe been experiencing as well. I'd say. Yeah. 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 Well, it's made me feel better anyway. So good man. <laughs> right, have a good show, guys. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Noel. Now. Nice one. Bye bye. Uh, so, thank you very much, Noel. Um, as always, uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks for um, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. And uh, sorry, I just got put a bit put off there. Um, apparently, M- MGM are consider- considering doing a James Bond cinematic universe, and now I just want to kill myself. Um, yeah, how? Just why? Bond is uh, enough. But yeah. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, okay, let's read this. Jeff Snyder from the tracking board with the source of this scoop. He said on social media that the. Uh, Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson are looking at options. Um, oh Christ. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Um, oh God, hopefully we won't have to talk about that in the future. But uh, Mark, what else have you been watching, sir? Uh, not a, a great deal, to be honest. Um, I... Rewatched Fool's Gold, which I think I've seen far too many times, uh, but it is it's entertaining enough. The Kale and sort of Matthew McConaughey movie from that kind of little period where McConaughey was doing a lot of kind of action and romantic comedies, um, which was a, a weird kind of mixture for a deal. But they were all you know fairly entertaining, so I enjoyed that. Uh, I also um, I watched What Happens in Vegas for some reason. I have no idea why. I think it, I, I think I can say why is because it's only ninety five minutes long, um, and we were scrolling through me and back on Netflix for something to watch that was about sort of ninety odd minutes long, and went came across that and went, okay, should we? Why not? Let's give it a go. Um, have you ever seen what happens in Vegas? I'm going to guess not, but I better just check. I'm going to say that as a no. <laughs> uh, what happens in Vegas? I'm trying, yeah. genuinely trying to remember. I might have tested a print back in the day. Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher, yes. Yeah. Uh, I definitely remember projecting it. It's a it's a weird film in the sense that I get the idea behind it. If anyone hasn't seen it or doesn't know what it's about, is you've got uh, Cameron Diaz plays a uh, Wall Street trader who is a complete control freak and goes to Vegas because her fiancé, her partner, played by Jason Zdeckis, uh, has, well, no, sorry, always a fiancé, has, um, has dumped her um, because he says that she's no fun anymore. And uh, so she goes to Vegas um, to kind of have a blowout weekend. Ashton Kutcher uh, plays a guy who's too much fun and has just been fired by his dad from his uh, his dad's company because 
he's too much fun and he's always trying to have fun. So you've got those two worlds collide. Uh, they get drunk, get married, and then Ashton Kutcher wins $3 million on a slot machine. Uh, so a judge, because well, they're, they're after they woke up in the morning and decided they want to get an annulment, uh, a judge tells them that they can get an annulment, but what he'll do if they do that is he'll tie up uh, the $3 million in so much legal red tape that they'll never see it. So essentially the judge, which I'm sure isn't legal, um, forces them to six months of marriage. <laughs> so they have yeah. to live together as, as husband and wife. Um, that's not the weirdest bit of it. There's a bit where uh, essentially the, the, her, Ashton Kutcher and Rob Corddry their two characters are thrown together with Cameron Diaz and Late Bell's characters because they accidentally get given the same hotel room. And so you've got this weird scene where Rob Corddry opens the door to go into the bathroom in the hotel room where Late Bell and Cameron Diaz are getting ready to go out. And then everyone just starts screaming at each other for a good three or four minutes as um, Cameron Diaz and Late Bell start attacking Ashton Kutcher and Rob Corddry whilst just screaming at them. But there's this weird music going on in the background and the camera is just shaking around loads. And it's... You watch it going, this is fucking terrible. Mm. (laughs) It's it's new level bad shit. Uh, And the movie doesn't get much better throughout. It's just a little bit crap, really. I didn't hate it, but it is just a bit crap. But then this, this—it's a fucking you know. You've got Cameron Diaz, Ashton Kutcher, Rob Cordry's in there, Late Bell, Treat Williams in it, Darius Farina's in it as well. Um, who plays a guy called Richard Banger? Who uh, Ashton Kutcher finds it hilarious to call him Dick Banger. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that was that. So. Uh, the only other thing I've really watched, which I want to talk about because it's TV, even though we're just about to talk about a TV show in a few minutes, uh, is the, the ranch. Um, the first... The, the weird thing is with, with the ranch on Netflix, it's it's done in parts. So it is actually kind of seasons, but there's a season one, part one, part two. And now there's a season two, part one, and part two is getting released later on in the year. Uh, so that dropped last Thursday, I think. Um, so I've racked through. Uh, I promise I wasn't going to binge watch it this time, but I've racked through the f- the first part of season two um, in like a week. Nice. It's only a half an hour show, so it's only like five hours of that. It's only like two and a bit movies or or one Transformers movie. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it, it really it's a really good series. Actually, it's it got a little bit heavier in this one. It's not just as many dick jokes. Um, there's still a dick jokes there, but they in the the start of this season, uh, there's a, a bit that deals with um, people's feelings on whether or not they're pro-abortion or not, and it, it's kind of dealt with really, really well, and you just don't expect it from this series mm. for them to deal with that. Um, because of the weather shows setting sort of Colorado, which is like deep, you know, Republican um, area, um, Bible Belt, set in a small little uh, ranch in town. And then they deal with this sort of big 
this big sort of subject of the, of the time and it's it's dealt with really quite well and it's you can tell it's Kutcher doing something that's quite sort of close to his heart I suppose yeah no I, it's um, I, I, I'll be honest I, I I watch fuck all TV I think there's probably other stuff I would need to see over it if I'm honest it's one of those yeah I, the thing is I, I, I've this is probably the only Netflix series I've ever got on with. I've not watched. I've tried other ones. I've just not got on with them. Um, so this is the only one that I actually actively watch. So that and Master of None, of course, which I've got on with quite well. They're the only two that I've really kind of got on with, really. Okay. Tried uh, ones, but I've never got on with the other ones. Uh, but that was it. Yeah, that's that's what I've watched. So what have you been watching this week? Oh, fuck. I've got a shitload. Um, nice. I'll, I'll try and be as quick as I can. Um... Right, in order of watching, um, the founder, uh, the ah uh, oh, yes, Michael, very much looking forward to this Michael Keaton film. Um, interesting um, portrayal of a horrible, horrible bastard. Um, but the film can't decide whether he's a horrible bastard or an inspiration, and um, it's it's kind it, it, it's kind of messy to be honest. Um, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when you see it. Well, I'm going to watch this week, so. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, why him? Uh, which I thought was all right. Actually, made me laugh enough. Not amazing, but solid James Franco work. That's about all I have to say. <laughs> One of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, I've seen Baby Driver, and it's still his best film. Um, we'll talk about Baby Driver next week um, The Salvation uh, which is a Mads Mikkelsen Western where uh, essentially he is an immigrant who comes over uh, to America with his brother he sends for his wife and uh, son uh, some years later uh, spoiler for the opening 15 minutes if you don't mind yeah. Uh, they get in a stagecoach to go to uh, their home and there are a couple of guys in there who are no good uh, no, uh, they are wrong-uns uh, Mads Mikkelsen gets pushed out of the stagecoach he goes running after it and by the time he's back his wife and kid are dead um, and uh, he kills the guys and it turns out that, that one of them is the brother of the local area's uh, like big bad guy played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, essentially it turns into Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, essentially torturing the townspeople uh, until Mads Mikkelsen reveals himself um, and it's it, it, it pretty... It's pretty good. It's um, it's not amazing, um, but it's very very stripped down. Um, it, it it kind of feels like it had a low budget, and uh, which which is fine. Um, but it's also around about an hour and a half long, and it gets in and out and and does its thing. Matt Mickelson very good. Jeffrey Dean Morgan very good. Solid dickhead role for Jonathan Price. Uh, worth 90 minutes of your time uh, a very very good eye stabbing as well yeah, it's um, it's Christian uh, Levering isn't it 
yeah. directing it. It was one of the Dogma 95 guys, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That could um, explain the strip downness of it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, but you know, it's 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 worth a go actually. Um, not as worth a go, disappointingly. Prevenge, um, which is uh, Alice Lowe of Sightseers, her uh, directorial debut as well as writing it. Um, so basically, she was pregnant in real life, and she plays a pregnant woman whose unborn child is telling her to kill people. Um, first half of the film very 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 repetitive um, she goes somewhere starts up a conversation with someone it gets more more and more sinister and then she kills them uh, in, in, a, in, a variety, in a variety of different settings gets more interesting in its second half um, has some more stuff to say um, but I was I wasn't a fan she's got She's got a good sense for mood and atmosphere, um, I, I, I would say. Um, it's just, I think the film's budget meant that there was only so much they could actually do in terms of budget, and I, I think it affects it. Um, I, I, I think she wrote the screenplay knowing that in mind as well, and it doesn't, apart from the central like thrust of the plot, there's... It doesn't feel like it really pushes the boat out in terms of invention all that much, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was a little let down by it to be honest. Um, Fireman Sam, Alien Alert, <laughs> uh, which I took Lottie to. Um, literally, is, is, is this a cinema? Is this a cinema film? Yeah. Oh wow! Literally took Lottie to see it in Cineworld last Sunday. Um, so yeah, David Tennant's in it. Of course, um, yes. Yeah, like, it's just like, what? Um, I will admit, there was a couple of times I laughed. There's some solid Aliens references in there. Um, you know, just one of the people in it saying they mostly come out at night, mostly. It was like, fine, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't take a lot to make me laugh sometimes. It was 63 minutes long, you know, you can't, you can't, really hate something that's that short <laughs> I mean it was shit like I don't know why the fuck it was in the cinema but you know yeah there you go uh, I rewatched Inside Out which uh, fucking destroys me um, I, uh, that, that, the last 10 minutes of that film I can't fucking bear um, I rewatched Hackers um, oh yeah because how was that hold up uh, well it's interesting, this. It's on Netflix. Um, and Ian Softly, like, the way he presents things and, like, the visual dynamism in it is is, is pretty great. Like, the, the sequences where it's going through the net and stuff like that, like, visually it's really interesting. Complete fucking bobbins, but I like it, like, how quickly it's going. And um, early on where Johnny Lee Miller's character is getting introduced to certain things, it's like... A cut in between, like, him and, like, his mind's eye and, like, TV images and stuff. Like, when he sees Angelina Jolie and it's, like, images of, like, kind of sexy stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's not, like, not groundbreaking or anything, but it, it, it makes it interesting. But it's this odd fucking mix of, like, high school comedy drama and heist film, um, mm. which only kind of works up to a point. Um, 
I mean, Fisher Stevens as the bad guy and like teaming up with a blonde Lorraine Bracco is very, very odd. Um, and I mean, the depiction of the internet is insane. Um, and just, I don't know, like, there's this whole thing about like the, the most popular passwords and it's either like secret God or sex. Um, and, and like, it, it, it's the, the, the painting of hacking being this like cool like almost like skateboarding of the like <laughs> skateboarding if you weren't physically capable or something like that you know it's um you can imagine Christian Slater being being the lead in this apart from, instead of Johnny Lee Miller if it was like three or four years earlier yeah uh, um after all, after all, this is Christian Slater who made Gleaming the Cube. Because Gleaming the Cube was in my mind's eye, you know. It's, gleaming, it's, gleaming the Cube is, is, is I, I, Gleaming the Cube's a good movie. I, I, I know. I don't get me wrong. I don't mind Gleaming the Cube. I don't mind Hackers either. I have fun with it. Yeah, um, good. yeah no, no. I mean, it, it's it just as I said on Letterbox, it fit the box. It feels like it had relevance for maybe six months before it came out. And only for about an hour at that time. Like it, it yes. feels like literally the guy who wrote it wrote it between twenty five to four and twenty five to five on Friday the fourteenth of July nineteen ninety three. <laughs> well, you'll be glad to he also wrote the Rage Carry Two. That's not surprising. Good on. And him. that's it. That's it. Wow. That's those yeah. are two interesting credits. Um, yeah, Hackers, not bad. Angelina Jolie, quite fetching. Um, and finally, uh, this isn't very much like Hackers. I am not your Negro. Actually, no, not finally. I've got this and I've got something completely different. I am not your Negro. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I believe it was nominated for Best Documentary at the Oscars uh, this, this this past ceremony. I, I think it was, yeah. Um, so, narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and he basically... It's him uh, basically playing uh, uh, this gentleman by the name of James Baldwin, who uh, was an author and academic in the, uh, the 60s, who uh, knew... Uh, uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and um, uh, another gentleman who, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. A name, and I feel awful for it. So let me just grab it. Actually, um, I'll just be a second. Um, that's it, Medgar Evers. Um, yeah. So uh, who were. Um, Basically, three guys very much in in the um, uh, like e- e- uh, civil equality uh, um, uh, game, um, but from kind of differing perspectives. I mean, obviously, in the case of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, um, mm. and it's basically Samuel L. Jackson reading from a manuscript of an unfinished book of his, uh, along with um, like kind of like TV interviews, and there's like a Cambridge University lecture he did, and there's footage of it as well, and it's essentially looking at how. America was set up to uh, essentially oppose the black man and still, or, or black people in general, and and still is to uh, this day. And the 
the, the the thing the thing that's interesting about it is Baldwin died in nineteen eighty seven, but frankly, the stuff he's saying could well just apply to America today. Um, yeah. Even though there's been so much work um, in it, um, it, it you know I mean Trayvon Martin and the um, Fuck the, the you know the riots that happened over the last few few years. Um, it's uh, in Ferguson. That's what I was thinking of in Fer- yeah. Ferguson. And you know, so you've got older footage. And talking about Martin Luther King and uh, Megar Evers and uh, Martin Luther uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, but also footage of way more contemporary stuff. And it is fucking eerie. That he's talking about all this stuff in this unfinished manuscript, but it, it, it just like he was doing this thirty years ago, and it's like now, and it's like barely anything's fucking changed, despite the fact that we've had a black president and whatnot. And you know, it, it's interesting. There's footage from this lecture uh, that he gave in Cambridge, where he was saying, you know, in fifty, yeah, yeah um, was it Bobby Kennedy said in forty years' time. We may, we may well you know have a black president and he and James Baldwin saying that you know the white man did not found America you know America you know he's got got as much right to say that like say about who could be a president who could be not as a black person and here he is saying you know if you're very good in the next forty years you can have a black president. You know, just mm. uh, almost like it's a fucking prize, and it, I th- it just it it's again it's prescient because that kind of is what happened. Maybe not like prize, but forty years later, um, and it's even though know, then again, I mean, it's documentary filmmaking. It might there's a lot of stuff that he probably said that didn't come true, but they they picked the kind of stuff that that actually kind of did to maybe make a point. But you know, the fact that he said it in the first place it has some merit in being there. Um, but exactly, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's. Um, Really, really powerful stuff. Really upsetting. It shook me quite a bit, actually. Um, uh, but it feels... The, the thing is, it's it doesn't feel like it's tub-thumping. It feels angry, but it's not shouting at you. And it, like, it feels sad, but it doesn't, it doesn't want you to cry. It just wants you to think. And I respect that. And um, I, I think it's a very, very, very powerful piece of work. And I, 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 you know, it's weird to say you enjoyed your time with it, but I, I had a nourishing time with it. Um, it's not an easy watch. You've got to be in a certain frame of mind. Uh, but if you are, I think it will grab you. It's, it's really worth a go. It's one of those, yeah, that I've, I've, I've been looking at and wanting to watch, but I think, um, yeah, certainly... Certainly got to be in the right kind of like place to watch it, I think. Yeah, you fucking have to be. Have to be. Um, but yeah, and lastly, um, I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> um, which I had never seen this before, at least if I hadn't, yeah. I, I hadn't remembered it. And uh, hot take, that film is really slow. Yeah, it is. Like, it's an hour and 20 minutes long and fuck all happens and it takes a really long time to get there the animation is amazing mm. um, you know the whole kind of like just basing it on the movements of real people and that, that, that kind of thing I mean it's it's easy to see why animation kind of got more stylized because it's like 
that looked like a ball lake to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, also Snow White's voice I found rather grating. Like, her singing voice, the recording of it is not great. Um, so it kind of feels like you're listening to a really shit recording while you're watching an HD copy of this film that looks really nice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so... Also, Lottie watched the first 40 minutes or so, and uh, she was fucking loving it. The dwarfs, man, she was pissing herself. I'm really glad she fell asleep and didn't watch the rest, because that thing gets eerie. Dark. Um, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like, really, some of the... Yeah, the, the, anyway. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, hot take, it's slow. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, that's, that's me done. Cool. Okay, uh, I don't think we got any mail this week. Have we got any Twitter questions? We don't this week, no. Motherfuckers. All right, well, we've, we've been detaining people long enough, I think. So, peaks? Uh, we're, not, we're not doing peaks? Oh, fuck me sideways. Of course we're doing peaks. Um, yeah, what the fuck did you think of that, man? It's It was incredible to watch. It was... Um, Certainly, when you go from um, how how good Seven was, and Seven was fantastic. It was it, it was peak peaks. Um, when you go from from that, and then you shift towards this, which is incredibly, it's it, it's it's not brave because you know you can associate that with something like like, like Lynch because everything he does has a, has a, has a kind of brevity to it. Um, it's just so uncompromising. He's making it for it's it's definitely proof that you can kind of get the idea that maybe when there was issues around it because what people got to remember it, you look back on is from the announcement that there was going to be a, a season three of Twin Peaks to was actually getting it it was a bumpy road and Lynch left it for a period of time um, citing kind of like he wanted to do it the way that he wanted to do it and um, you know budget was brought into that and things like that but it could have been a little bit it, it very much this is everything we're going to get all 18 parts and 20 hours or whatever it's going to equate to is exactly what Frost and Lynch want to show you there's yeah. no we prefer if you didn't do this. It, it, it's an absolute. It's an experiment from a from a, a studio, um, like uh, Showtime, where they've given him and given them given them absolute sort of creative freedom, and this proves it. Um, it's a head fuck that opens up so much of the actual universe and the world itself to kind of go right. We're going to delve a lot fucking deeper into the into the kind of mysticism and the surrealness and the supernatural elements of this uh, whole story, and it, it does it feels a little bit like maybe it, within the first sort of six parts we've had some of the the strands there that are going to get sort of tied up with this and this is where we're going now and it feels very much like it's got into its fucking groove and gone right here you fucking go and at the end of it I was very much like I got some of that I didn't get some of that I think I was supposed to get some of that and I absolutely think I wasn't supposed to get some of that but in terms of for an hour's worth of TV 
I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely fair enough. I mean, it's it's so weird that so much of it is so strange, and yet it does, if you think about it, it does give you quite a lot of, at least I think quite a lot of interesting backstory stuff. Like, it, it, is it not basically saying that Bob was created by, like, almost like the evil of the atom bomb? Yeah, that was it. It was, it, it, it was, it was, um, essentially that was it it was Bob was created you know that evil was born out of um, the first atomic bomb detonation and then you had this spiritual thing is sending goodness to kind of try and counteract it it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, fucking hell it, it was it was something to watch yeah no exactly um and I mean, like you say, as an hour of TV, I mean, it's fucking incredible. Uh, and I mean, it—I don't know—it the, just the placing of it, like you say, after like episode seven being pretty straight, and then you get yeah, it, just the intention of Lynch is fascinating. Um, I mean, I suppose from a plotty point of view, we find out that like essentially, it looks like Philip Jeffries had ordered the hit on on Bad Cooper. Yes. So, that's of interest. Please let us have some Bowie. Um, Be nice, wouldn't it? The the thing is, they've. I've heard that he was he was, um, the character was that was going to be there, but there's been no reports of he was supposed to be in it, but. There's also been no report of saying categorically saying, "Look, he's not going to be in it." I so, think could, the, 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 the thing is, I think they could have easily have filmed some stuff and kept it secret. Yes, I, I, it's like not a lot of leak. This is not a leaky ship. Well, no, it, it, it's not because um, the thing is, the only people who were given everybody was given their scenes they're not given anything else in the script with the exception apparently of Cal McLaughlin who was given and gone through the whole fucking thing went, went through the whole thing with him of this is what it is this is what everything is everybody else has just got their fucking scenes and would it surprise you if Lynch has just filmed something with uh, what's it I mean that was how they got um, shit what's his name he played Doc Haywood Oh, um, fuck. What is his name? Oh, that's going to put this shit out now. But yeah, Doc Hayward, that literally is, they just recorded a Skype conversation with him. Yeah. Um, Warren Frost. Oh, that's him. Yeah, of course, Mark Frost yeah. died, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. um, they just recorded a, literally just recorded a Skype conversation with him. And that's how they got it in there because they knew he didn't have long. Um, so it, it, it wouldn't surprise you. Uh, I think it's very interesting they're pulling him in. Um, I think it's um, the fact that you've got uh, the the core sort of score running through um, large squids of part eight is the um, it is lifted from Firewalk with me and the the, the the kind of the ending of Firewalk with me where you've got. Laura laughing and 
crying, smiling uh, in the in the um, Black Lodge there, and then you've got that soundtrack playing in this is 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 quite kind of prescient for for that, and it kind of it makes sense, and it was it did get me going. Oh fucking hell! This is this is this that is the spine tingling, you know. Oh fucking hell! Of what I wanted from from this series, and the fact that for me, part two was fantastic. Um, the third episode, I think it counts as, um, sure. was fantastic. Um, but I think part seven and eight for me have been the highlights of it. I think that's really fucking good. The fact that they're one after another and they're so different as well. They're 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 so different, but they both feel like they're part of Twin Peaks. Yeah, no, no, well, that's interesting. I mean, about the whole it being part of Twin Peaks. I mean, I suppose, in a way, sure, but I don't know how this particular episode is more a part of Twin Peaks than some of the previous episodes. Um, I think it's because it, it, it's it's very much dealing um, with pre-existing uh, sort of threads that exist in the Twin Peaks universe. It's not trying to incorporate um, new threads. So the Philip Jeffries thing exists within the Twin Peaks universe, and um, the doppelganger exists uh, within it um, from there. And then you've got the Laura bit coming into it. Yeah, you've got from there. You've got the the the, the ending end sort of ten fifteen minutes, which are very much taken away. But I get a feeling like they're heading that they're trying to create a stone, they're trying to give you, this is the formation of the Black Lodge. This is where these things come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't don't think I'm ever going to watch the bit with the bug in the mouth ever again. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, the thing is, you know it's happening. As soon as you saw the open window and that bug crawling, you thought, that bug's going to crawl into our mouth. It was just the fact that it seemed to make her mouth open as well that really weirded me out. Like that, like how invasive that is. Mm. That it's not only she's asleep, but it's not even fucking waiting for her to open her mouth. It's just going right. You're going to open your mouth, Mm. and like, oh my fucking hell! Just it was. It was icky and creepy. Like just oh, and what does it mean? Yeah, where is it going to go? Like, I just, oh, Christ. Who is that girl? Well, Scuttlebutt is that it's Laura's mum. But I don't know how that makes sense. Could be. Could be. And, like, the, the, the boy was Leland. But I don't age-wise for... I suppose Ray Wise wasn't that old when... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... Oh, fuck, I don't want to think about that bit anymore. Age-wise, age, age that would fit, actually. Uh, I suppose it might do, actually, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, it just... The last 15 minutes was just a very, very good short horror film. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, Got a Light, was. and This is the Water, This is the Well. Um, yeah. I just... Yeah... I uh, 
uh, uh, fuck, I don't even know what to say, actually. Like, the, the fucking image of that guy with, like, what, what is it, engine oil on his face or something? He's a miner. Miner, okay, that makes sense. Like, that is just, it's a, a really, really, really creepy image. Like, the whites of the eyes and the black, you know, because you got it, um, that, that shot in the first episode as well. Uh, uh, the the guy in the jail cell. Oh yes, yeah. And it's just all black and then just white eyes. Um, very 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 creepy imagery. Like it just there. It was a combination of things that personally weird me out. I've got a thing about like dead white eyes <laughs> and like black pupils. I don't know what it is, but it. I don't know, like the soullessness of it really weirds me out, and that's very much what I got from this. Um, and I just, I, oh, uh, fuck. For a second as well, I thought it was fucking Harry Dean Stanton in makeup, and it was like, yeah, that guy's way too old to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think for next week? Do you think it's going to be back to a bit more standard, or do you think we're going to get more of this? I think it'll go back to standard. Yeah, so do I. I, I, I think I think we'll have I think we'll have a standard, and then uh, we'll have a. Um, I think we'll have that coming into Twin Peaks. I think we'll go back to a standard where it'll start to bring more of it. I, I do think that what what's happening is it's all heading and it's all going to converge on Twin Peaks very soon. Nice. And I think I think we, we we'll probably get at least the last eight to six to eight parts will be pretty much predominantly set in in familiar peaks uh, territory. Mm-hmm. So either in Twin Peaks or uh, in the Black Lodge, but definitely not flitting around all over the the US. It would be nice, and I think you're right. Mm. I also do think now that the um, the fact that it seems like um, Cooper, um, Bad Cooper, is is dead, that opens up a whole new realm of what will happen when we get Cooper back. Is he like? I thought he. Got I don't know. Up. It's, did he it, get it, up? He did get up, but it's unclear whether or not he exists now in this world or some other. Oh, that's true. Mm. It's going to be interesting. It's it, it's it's the first one where it finished, and I thought, "Fuck you!" That I can't continue watching it now. Well, that's good. I mean, that's something at least. And it's we it's not on next week because of Independence Day. Is that correct? Ah, is that a thing? No, it's not. Not. On. That's <coughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's shit. Um. Yeah. Okay, so I I think we're done. Are we done? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. So that is it. Next week, no Twin Peaks, unfortunately. Um. But we will be a triple threat review. We're going to be yeah. doing Baby Driver. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing Okja. Yep. 
and we're doing the circle because that's coming straight yep. to Netflix in the UK this coming Friday. So it's going to be a triple review and whatever else we get around to. And uh, that's going to be it for me, unless you've got anything else, Mark. No, no, that's it. I think we had quite a packed show there. It was a busy one. It was a busy yeah. one. Um, I'm off to have some beer and, I don't know, stick a film on, probably. I am going to go and have some dinner and stick a film on. Sweet sweetness. Um, cool. Uh Doodlemonkey.com um, at Doodlemonkey at Ian Loring at Doodfoz at The Noel Mella not at really? Film Rant yeah which I'm never going to get used to <laughs> no me neither um, yeah um, so I'm going to let you continue because you're the one that's in this one uh, oh, and yeah, I think there's going to be another episode of uh, Damn You Football uh, this weekend oh sweet um, talking, doing an update of, of what's happened in the transfer window, and I'm talking the. Um, I don't really know this, but every two years, FIFA essentially get together and discuss um, the possibility of new laws. Um, and what it is is proposals get put forward for new laws of the game or tweaks in laws of the game, and they discuss whether or not they're valid. So there's usually ten points put together for them and they discuss them some of them are ridiculous and never get further and they literally sit down and go no that's fucking stupid and it gets tossed to one side and some of them um, are, are fairly sensible and so they get brought in so for instance a couple of years ago there was the one of well call uh, kickoffs they don't necessarily have to go forward now they can go backwards oh that's right yeah so there was stuff like that um, and there's there's some interesting ones that will never get put forward uh, but they'll never get made to laws but you know things like sin bins which are getting trialled and uh, 30 minute halves but um, the clock gets stopped every time the ball goes out of play and things like that I think you're going to have some opinions I, I, I have some opinions certainly yes nice uh, right so that is going to do it, and let's get out of this joint. Let us. Bye. Bye.